Good morning, everyone. As you've heard, my name is Scott. I'm one of the pastors here. I just want to tell you a little story before I get going. So I remember 20-odd years ago hearing about the Holy Spirit day away on Alpha. And it was one of those moments. I was like, I hadn't been to any other church environment. I didn't know any other church environments. So we were all building up to this Holy Spirit day. And I'd become a Christian on the third week of Alpha. And I, I was told that there was this, we, we're going to go to the, this place and we're going to pray for you and you're going to get baptized in the Spirit. And I was like, that sounds great. And I kind of scheduled it in the diary, had it all in, and it was all ready to go. And we got to the day. And I remember there being some teaching in the morning. I'm thinking, I, don't, I, I just want to meet with the Holy Spirit. And then it got to the afternoon and there was another teaching session. When are we going to meet with the Holy There was something in me. When I'd heard about there was this this encounter that we could have, which would bring the power of God. The power of God, not, not the presence. I, I knew Jesus. I'd already fallen in love with Jesus. I, I turned to him and said, I want to be with you. I want to give my rest of my life to you. My, 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 my testimony is my life was turned upside down by Jesus. But it wasn't until about four or five weeks later when this day came along and there's teaching. I'm like, I don't want teaching. I want to meet with him. There's more teaching and there's more teaching. But the teaching helped me just to prepare my heart. To get ready for that moment. And as they laid hands on me, it was like waterfalls just kind of going through my body. And as, I, as those waterfalls kind of felt, that's what it felt. It was a sensation going through my body. And as it happened, I was weeping on the outside as well. I wasn't aware of the weeping on the outside. And the weeping was of joy. Of knowing this closeness and this intimacy. And friends, as I've prepared this week, that's, what I've, that's what's been in my mind. Because friends, that's what I want for all of us here. If you've never encountered the Holy Spirit, you can meet with him this morning. As I speak, as I've prepared this week, my preparation this week has been prayer. You know I normally stand with a lectern. I have carefully, well, I think carefully crafted words for you that God has given to me today. You've got me. And you've got me in prayer. And I felt that the Spirit of God is just going to move upon us today. In power. I've called this morning the power of the Spirit. We're in our community of the Spirit. It's great to have you online, by the way. We're in the community of the Spirit preaching series. We've, we've heard what it is when Jesus was going and he was bringing the expectation for the disciples. Andy did that in, in the first week. David brilliantly last week spoke about what it is to be a, a praying community, a, a Spirit full, a, a community full of the Spirit so that when we pray, we pray in the Spirit. But we need to know him. We need to meet with him and encounter him. I want to pick up on the verse that, um, that, that Sean read from this morning. I want to go just slightly before that. We're in Acts 1. We're in, uh, in verse 4. I'm going to read 4 through to 8. It's going to come up on the screen. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to dart around. All you've got is one slide and this, these verses. And then I'm going to go through the book of Acts. I heard it this week. I've been listening to Terry Virgo online on this particular uh, subject and he said several times he said the Old Testament and the Gospels kind of point towards this time where the Holy Spirit is going to come and then when you get to the epistles the letters that are written after uh, the church has started there seems to be no reference to you you know you're going to get baptized in the Spirit or baptized in water actually or any of that sort of stuff because the inference is everyone's had that already so where do we find out what actually happened when the Spirit came it's in the book of Acts so that's where we're going to kind of be working through but it started here. It said, um, once when he was eating with them, that's Jesus, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem 
until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. I just want to pause there. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. We saw when Andy preached a couple of weeks ago that the disciples knew who this Holy Spirit was. The disciples knew they'd had teaching from a very early age. They knew that the Holy Spirit was the one who had hovered over the waters back in Genesis 1. They know he was the, the one who had been breathed into Adam on that, that, as that first man was created. The Ruach of God was breathed in. The Spirit of God was breathed in. They had an understanding of who this Spirit was. It was, the, it was the same Spirit who, when Elijah did all that he did, one of the great prophets, when the Elijah did all, did all that he did, it was by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when Elisha started going on behind Elijah, he was saying, I want what you have. He said, to, as, they, as they had that transition moment, Elijah said, what do you want? And he said, I want what you have. And Elijah, Elijah said, well, if you see me go up into the clouds, then you know, then you can have what I've got. And he drops his cloak, as, as, as Elijah was taken up, he drops his cloak, the same cloak that has, has seen the Jordan uh, split so they can walk through it. And you can imagine the moment as Elijah, he said, if I see him go, I've seen him go. That means I can pick up this and I will have the same spirit. And he does. He does. Elisha goes on to do the same stuff and even greater stuff than Elijah does. There's a moment when Moses passes over to Joshua. He lays his hands on him. And the spirit moves from Moses to Joshua. The spirit of wisdom, the spirit of discernment, the spirit of leadership. It moves from Moses and goes to Joshua. He comes upon. There's a moment when David is anointed by Samuel. And it says when he gets anointed to be king, right at that early age, he still goes off to be a shepherd and he has to serve in Saul's courts. But it says in that moment, the spirit came upon him and never left him. Friends, the, the disciples knew who this spirit was. And they knew that he came upon people. These guys, Elisha, Elijah, they were, they, they were serving God. They knew God. They loved God. But there was a moment when the Spirit comes upon them and power comes upon them to do all that God is calling them to. And then as we read through the prophets, we see there's, there's a building up. There's a moment when this Messiah is going to come and he's going to bring the kingdom again. And that kingdom is going to be the kingdom of the Spirit. And, 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 and there's going to be this moment where the, where the, the heart in us is going to be made from, uh, turned from stone to the heart of flesh. And then when uh, it comes, we are going to do the things in the power of the Spirit. Joel wrote, and actually Peter preaches it on the day of Pentecost, about young men seeing, dreaming dreams and old men having visions. And it's going to be for everyone and all people at all times hallelujah but that hadn't happened yet and they were looking forward to that moment even in this moment the disciples are still waiting for that moment to come and Jesus is saying in this moment you remember the gift that was promised by the father go down to Jerusalem and don't move from there until he comes don't move from there until he comes They knew who he was. Friends, I want us to be comfortable. We know who, many of us in the room know who the Holy Spirit is. He's not an it, he's a he. He's a person. 
He's the one who does come when he gives us the faith to believe and he reveals Jesus to us. It's like the scales fall from our eyes. He enables that to happen. The theological word there is regeneration. He regenerates our heart so that we can receive faith to believe in Jesus. That happens to all of us. We're not talking about that this morning. We're talking about is receiving the power of the Holy Spirit to do all that he's asked us to do. All that he's commanded us to do. And do you know what he's commanded us to do, friends? He's, he's commanded us to preach good news. To teach. To release the captives. To lay hands on the sick and see them healed. To even lay hands on the dead and see them rise from the dead. That's what he's called us to. Do you feel you can do that with your normal Sunday morning power? Can, can you will that up yourself? I can read my Bible in cold blood. I can't necessarily understand it. I need the Spirit to help me there. I can't lay hands on the sick and see them healed without the power of the Holy Spirit. That's what we're looking at this morning, friends. I don't want us to be confused. I'm not talking about like a two-tier Christianity. We're Christians. We believe in Jesus, but there is this power that we can have that is promised us. He says, go, go down to Jerusalem. Don't move until you've had it. Jesus, we're following after you. We love you. We believe you. Yeah, you do. Now go and wait for the power. You're going to need it. You're going to need it. And he talks about a baptism in this, in, this, in this passage. He talks about the baptism of the Spirit. I know that's a contentious word. You only have to look across uh, different forms of Christianity, all that kind of thing. Even in our form of Christianity, charismatic Christianity, we talk about baptism. But we talk about baptism because Jesus talks about baptism of the Spirit. I just want to remind you uh, of maybe... If you've been baptized in the room, you know what this feels like. You go underneath the water, you come up, you're thoroughly wet and clothed. It's just an odd thing that you do, right? As we follow Jesus. So four years later, we're after your baptism and you're having one of those moments and you wake up going, is Jesus really this? Do I really? And you think back to your baptism and go, oh yeah, I got really wet. It happened. I do follow this Jesus. I have publicly proclaimed that to everybody. I think Jesus uses this word in a similar manner here, baptism. He wants us to know something's gone on. Full immersion, something, baptismos, fully immersed, sunk, disappeared out of sight. Something has definitely happened to us. Subsequently, it's called filling. We get filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm, that's, that's great. But that, Jesus says baptism. Why? Because he wants us to know it's happened. He doesn't want you to be thinking in three years' time, well, I, I don't know whether I may be or... When they laid hands on I, I did I have a tingle? I don't know. He wants us to be sure. So that's why I think he uses baptism here. So he says, go and wait for this baptism of the Holy Spirit. And then he moves on. He says, so the bit that Sean's already read. So when the apostles went with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? He replied, the Father alone has the authority to set these dates and times, and they're not for you to know. I mean, I love Jesus' forthrightness. He's just very clear, isn't he? You don't need to know. There's lots we don't need to know. We want to know it all, don't we, in our culture? How we've been taught in our Greek thinking, we want to be able to reason it all. Can I just say, the Spirit blows where the Spirit wills. Okay, that's what it says in John 3. The Spirit blows where the Spirit wills. You can't box him. I'm not going to give you a, this, this morning, a, a, if you do this and do this and do this, this is going to happen. I can't do that. 
But ours is not to know the times or the dates or the places. Ours is just to expect, to wait, to know. So ours is not to know. He says, but you will receive power. Okay, I shouted power once. I'm going to say it quietly now. Power sometimes comes quietly. Sometimes comes loudly. If you've ever turned on, uh, 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 if you've ever got an amp already on and speakers already on, and then you turn on the thing that you want to amplify the music from, you get a big pop in the speakers. There's power. Suddenly happens. You hear it. Sometimes power comes quietly. That moment when that faith rises in you to put that extra bit of money, and Sean's spoken about money, but you, as a Christian, you know oh, that there's a gift aid coming. And that faith rises in you. That faith rises. That's the power of the Spirit at work. That's a very slow, small, but it's power. You will receive power. You will. Note the word will. Every translation is will. Say will. Now say it and mean it. Will. You will receive. Not you may if you've got to a certain standard in your Christianity. Not, not you may if you've given well this week or you've, you've read your Bible every day. This week has passed. There's another week ahead. Today is today. God sees us fresh every day. You will receive power. Say it one more time. Will. We will receive power when my spirit comes upon you. He comes upon. We may have the spirit dwelling in us. He's already residential in our hearts, making, these, making this home that Jesus is making in our hearts. Read Ephesians 3, the prayer there. That's already happened to the disciples as well. But now he says, no, you will receive power when my spirit comes upon you. They knew that, remember? Elijah, Elisha. And my spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. You will be my witnesses. How frail do you feel in the workplace sometimes or in your street? And you get that one opportunity and the door seems to creak open and you're thinking, how do I, what do I say now? And maybe you back off because you're trying to do it in your power. We need the power of God to be his witnesses. We need to be filled again and again and again. I don't know why, I just know it happens. Remember when Jesus uh, was, was walking through the crowd and the lady, she touched the hem of his garment. Do you remember that one? The woman with blood? And, and, he, and he said he doesn't, he doesn't necessarily feel the touch of the garment, but he, he looks around because he felt power go from him. He felt something go from him. Are we attentive? Are we full? Do we know what it feels like to have power go from us? I believe we can. That's why we need to be filled again. That's why when you read through the book of Acts, it seems like, and filled with the Holy Spirit, Peter did this. Well, he got filled on the day of Pentecost. Why do we need to know that again? Because it's happened again. It's not a one-time, one-size-fits-all. One we need him continuously to make space for him and to make room for him and to invite him in and say, we need to be filled afresh. I was in an elders meeting a couple of weeks ago. We started praying for each other as elders for the Holy Spirit to come. Andy McCulloch comes and sticks his hands on my shoulders. I just start rolling around in laughter. Not because Andy's particularly funny, although he is quite funny, but because the Spirit of God came in the moment. Comes in the moment. And one of the ways that the Spirit comes upon me is to I just laugh. 
And it's belly, uncontrollable life. And what is that? Well, it's the fruit of the spirit of joy coming up and rising up and coming out. Overwhelmingly. Fantastic. And it's so fun. Sometimes when the spirit comes, he comes in pace. And you feel like, I just can't move. I don't want to go anywhere. And you can look at that and think, is it really the power happening now? Remember, power comes quietly sometimes. It's not always in the flashbang wallop. It comes quietly. And you just know the love or the peace of God just upon you. You may even find your body shaking a little as we get filled again. He says, go and wait. Go down. Don't go. You will receive power to be my witnesses. Do you know what, friends? Sometimes I have been one of those guys who have just wanted to have a Holy Spirit loveathon. You see it sometimes in Christendom, and it's just one of those moments, you know, I, just, I just want the Holy Spirit. I say, oh, it's so lovely. I just want an experience. I just want to know. There's nothing wrong with that, but I don't think that's why the Spirit was sent for us. It's nice to know it. If, if maybe for some of you here this morning, that is going to be what God does for you today. You need to know his love today, but you've had a tough season. You need to know today that he loves you, he's for you, he's not against you, and you will receive that love today. You will know it. You'll know it tangibly, experientially. And that's a good thing. But generally, when the Spirit of God comes upon us, it's for purpose. The power of God to be his witnesses. Not to have a soaking session on the floor. And then get up and go, that was good, wasn't it? Really met with him. I, had a, I think I had tongues. I, I, um, I think I had uh, a bit of peace. That was nice. Check that off on the list. I bounced a bit. That was nice. That was good. I think I might have even fallen over at one point. It's a bit of a swoon. It's not to tick off the experiences. It's for power to go and be his witnesses, whatever that might mean. At the school gate, in the university hall. In your classroom, in your workplace, in the place where you live, the place where you play, in your family. If your mum's or dad's here, it's for you to take back to your family this afternoon. It's not for us just to go, (laughs) we had a lovely time Sunday. Monday's coming, a bit difficult. Amen? Amen? You will be my witnesses. Now, I've labored this a little bit. Because it needs to be. Because it's what Jesus said. Not what church history people have said. Not what theologians throughout the ages. This is what Jesus said to his disciples. And actually, we know in a few, in a passage time, the the disciples are going to get filled with the Holy Spirit. The day of Pentecost comes, doesn't it? And we're told that it's like tongues of fire resting on them. And and it's like the sound of a mighty roaring wind coming. And they speak in tongues and they fall out. And the tongues that they're speaking isn't, uh, it, it says that the people could hear and understand. But it was, they weren't tongues to preach in so that people would understand. They're tongues of praise and worship to God. It's still tongues that they haven't been taught. It just so happens that when they fall out the room, people around them can understand it. Because they're saying, it's in our language. We can hear them praising God in our own tongues. And so they fall out. This is the manifestation on that day. I said, these are incredible moments. And then we look forward in the book of Acts. But you could say, pause at that moment, Scott, because these are the disciples. They're very special people. They've been with Jesus. They've been with him for three years. He's spoken to them. They've waited. Then they received the Spirit. Of course they will. They're going to start the church. 
So in order to see what happens when people who haven't walked with Jesus start, uh, is, is that replicated? Do they then get filled with the Holy Spirit? Because if it was just for them, then that would have been a good thing. But Jesus is, it seems to say it's for everybody now. That's what the scripture said. That's what the prophets were saying. It's now for everyone. So we get to the end of Peter's preach and he stands up. He's preached. And they say to him, oh, brothers, what do we need to do to be saved? And he says, oh, I'm sure Jesus told us what to say at this point. It was, uh, believe, be baptized, every one of you, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift that the Father promised, the Holy Spirit. It will be for you, for those who are close to you, and for those who are far from you. And so when they pray, they get, they get baptized in water. And then as we move through, we can start to see that their pattern emerges. Remember, the Spirit blows where he wants to blow. We can't box him. It's just a pattern we can see from Acts. So if you think about Philip, when they get the, uh, the church gets, uh, comes under persecution in Jerusalem, it has to spread. Philip, the, the, the uh, evangelist, he goes down to Samaria, and he finds all these people in Samaria, and he, and he starts to preach the gospel, and they get saved, and there's healings, and there's so much going on around that you could see people were coming to Christ. They were coming to know Jesus. They were baptized in the name of Jesus. And then they, this, they hear about it up in Jerusalem. And then Peter and Don go, we need to go down and see what's going on in Samaria. So I think it might have been up to go to, to go to Samaria. They go up. A couple of days later, they arrive in Samaria. They find these new Christians that Philip has brought to Christ. He's preached. You know, the Spirit of God has come. What they've revealed upon them. All that kind of stuff's happened. And he says, all oh, right, okay. Now we need to lay hands on so you would receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That they'd be baptized in the Spirit. And he does. He, they lay hands on all the believers there. Now, we're not actually told what happened. This is all recorded in Acts 8. We're not actually told what happened. But what we are told is there was a Simon the Sorcerer guy. So most of you will be familiar with this. But Simon the Sorcerer, and he's, he's kind of observed everything. He's been kind of the go-to guy for years, for everything. Now, all of a sudden, his, kind of minute, his job has gone because there's people being healed. And, uh, and, and he's looking on, and he's observing it all. Not once did he say, I want that. I want to be able to heal like that. I think that's probably because he could do something like that. There's people today that can lay hands on people and heal, Reiki healing, those sort of things. It's just fake. It's, it's, it's not of God. But when Peter and John lay hands on, he says, I want to buy that. Whatever that was. Maybe they were speaking in tongues. I don't know, we're not told. But there was enough there that something happened, that the Spirit came upon them, they were baptized in the Spirit, and, and, and Simon sees it, and he said, that, I want the power to do that. Of course, they don't sell it. It's not for sale. Think about Paul's journey. Paul was on the road to Damascus, wasn't he, when he had this incredible encounter with Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, and he comes off his horse, and he's blinded. It's in that moment, it seems like Paul has given his life to follow, or Saul at, the mo- at that time, has given his life in that moment to follow Jesus. That's it, I've got to go down to, to Damascus and I've, and I've got to, to tell all of that Jesus has done. So he goes down to Damascus and he, and he at that same time, Ananias, a, a guy that we've never, we never hear of again. He's just a normal guy like me or like you. Ananias is told to go to the house where Saul is. Can you imagine what that must have been like? Saul, Saul of Tarsus, the one that kills people. We're not going down there. <laughs> But he goes in obedience. Ananias goes and he, lay, and he says to Paul, I've come here to, 
to, to see that you get baptized in the Spirit. And he does. Maybe a few, few hours or maybe a day later after he's given his life to Jesus. We've got some guys in um, Ephesus, in a place called Ephesus. So if we fast forward to Acts 19, Paul, it says Paul walks into Ephesus and he sees 12 believers. What he thinks are Christians. And then he starts having a conversation. What's his opening line? Is it, hey guys, isn't it great to follow Jesus? Might be what I might say if I thought they were Christians. Or, hey brothers, good to be part of the same. No, he doesn't. What he says to him is, what spirit did you receive when you got baptized? When you believed? What spirit did you receive? Huh? Odd question, right? If everything kind of just happens all at the same time and we get saved and we get the Holy Spirit and we go, it'd be an odd question to ask. What spirit did you receive? What do you mean? Well, did you receive the Holy Spirit? I didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. (laughs) So Paul then teaches them, says, what about Jesus? And he teaches them about Jesus. They get baptized in water. And then they get, a few moments later, he lays hands on and they're baptized in the Spirit. He didn't say, right, what we need to do now is we need to give you a few weeks just to see how things pan out. Just to see if you really are following Jesus. (laughs) Wouldn't it be good that if it did, like once we become Christians, get baptized in water, then we get the power right at the beginning? That'd be nice, wouldn't it? If Jesus is telling us to go off and do some stuff, then maybe to have the power to do that. I don't know about you, but I'm one of those guys that likes to know what I've got to do and then know what the tools I've got to go and do it with. There's a few people... This is all Jesus is doing here. He said, I've got you a commission. You've got to go and preach, teach, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. Let's not forget that in Western society. Cast out demons. We need the power of God to do all of those things. We can't do it. I can boil an egg. Badly. I can write a sermon. I can stand up here and preach, but without the power of God, it's nothing. Friends, do we want to meet with the power of God? Do we want to meet with the Holy Spirit this morning? There's about four of us that do. It's great. It's amazing. Have you got something coming up this week on your road where you've arranged something or others have arranged it? Put your hand up. Have you got something coming up for the Jubilee? A few of you? Quite a lot of you. Okay, it's nice, isn't it? So there you'll be, out in the sunshine. That's prophetic. <laughs> in the sunshine, maybe having a glass of wine, toasting the queen, or not. You might not be one of those people. Are you just going to have a nice time, or is this going to be an opportunity? What happens this morning goes into that street party. What happens this morning, maybe at work this week, you know you've got something tricky coming up. If some of you might not be at work, it's half term, some of you are at work. You've got a situation, you've got something you've been working through, you've been banging your head against a brick wall. This morning the Spirit of God is going to bring you a way forward in that. Amen. Because it's the power of God. It's the power of God. If you've got a relational problem right now, Something that's not quite right. It's a bit sticky. You're finding the real uh, difficulty to forgive or to say sorry, to admit your fault. 
No, we don't do that in our own strength. We need the power of God. We need the power of God. I'm not covering every situation here. The Spirit of God is going to come on you and he's going to, he's going to do what he needs to do with you. Amen. Just giving you some ideas. In a few moments, we're going to stand. I don't know about you, but I, I know I need to meet with the Holy Spirit. Afresh. I have this week. I have this morning. I need him again now. Yeah. I went into the kids' church earlier. They all stood around in a circle. And I just did Acts 1 with them, just very quickly. Because do you know what? They serve our kids magnificently. And those of you who are in the room are also kids' church workers. Thank you so much for the weeks that you give up being in here to be in there to serve our kids. It's not a job, by the way. It's empowered by the Holy Spirit so that you can minister to our children. Hallelujah. Thank you. And I went around to each one. I just laid hands on each one. And each one received again the presence of the Holy Spirit. Some in peace. Some in joy. That's what's going to happen here this morning. But I can't go around everyone. I don't need to go around everyone. Look at the people around you just very quickly. Just very quickly. You can actually do it. You can actually twist your heads. It would be really helpful. <laughs> These are your ministers this morning. These are your ministers. Do you remember I said about Ananias? Ananias didn't need to be Paul. He didn't need to be the man. He just needed to know that God had given him something that he could then give away. So in a few minutes, I'm just going to ask us to stand. And then we're going to stand quietly, just for a moment, as you do a bit of business with God. I'm just going to invite the Spirit to come. And you will know how you encounter him. I, I was like holding my hands out. That's how I did it as a kid when I got a gift. <laughs> I never did that when someone walked in with a present. <laughs> it's almost like this. Didn't know what was in the present. It was always wrapped. But I was in anticipation of what it could be. Right? That's why I put my hands out. It's me just saying, I, I, I'm ready. And I'm anticipating what you might do with me. So if you want to join me in that, you can. Maybe you'll kneel. Maybe you'll lay on the floor. I don't know what you're going to do. But position yourself ready to receive from God. Maybe you've never received from God before. Maybe in the sense of you wouldn't say, oh, I can remember and that happened and the baptism of the Spirit and all that. Maybe you've got loads of questions about that. I am actually going to be doing an evening on June the 8th down at the uh, offices where I will go through this in more detail, more scriptures, and you guys will be more than welcome to come to that if God hasn't already come on you today. Which I'm believing he will. Amen. But maybe when, people, when we start to pray, maybe it would be good to identify yourself to the people around you as someone who hasn't yet received the baptism of the Spirit. So they know how to pray accordingly. Okay? And this is how we're going to pray, friends. This is how we're going to pray. We're not going to beg God for the Holy Spirit to come upon us. Or when you start praying with each other, we're going to lay hands on them. We're going to say, receive the Holy Spirit afresh. Receive the Holy Spirit. Amen. Why? Because, because when Jesus is ascended to the Father, he was then glorified. And now he's glorified. He says, anyone who is thirsty should come to me and streams of living water will flow from you. That's, that's it. This isn't like, there's no, there's no like kind of clever phrase or way of kind of unlocking something. Jesus has promised it, and he wants to give it. Him, the experience, the, the presence of the Spirit. Amen? Amen. Amen.
Can I get an amen at the back? Can I have a louder amen at the back? Okay, because it's not just for the front rows. Okay? I want to make that clear. Sometimes it feels like when I stand at the front, okay, this is just general, I stand at the front, it feels like, wow, the Spirit of God's really moving. And then I stand at the back, I go, the kids are really moving. (laughs) This is for everyone this morning. We are all included. If you're not yet following Jesus here today, I want to say this to you. You need to follow Jesus. What I'm talking about right now, the touch from God, is for those who are following after him, who have said, my lot is in. And, and this, what I'm talking about this morning, has got nothing to do with how much God loves us. That's all been shown at the cross. When Jesus held his arms out and had his legs pinned, that said, I, I love you. So if you're not yet following after him, that's what you need this morning. You need to say, I trust in that, Jesus. That all my mess-ups, all that guilt and all that shame I feel at times, that's, that's all been paid, taken by Jesus. That's all been taken by him. I trust that. And if that's you this morning, um, David, could you just stand up a minute for me? And, and Bola, could you stand? I know this is embarrassing for you, but could you stand? If you haven't yet started to follow Jesus yet, but you would really like to do that, when we start to pray, could you come and find these guys, please? They will lead you to Christ today and then they'll pray for you to be baptized in the spirit.